Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have David Risley with me. David has been an entrepreneur for over 15 years. He's also the founder of Blog Marketing Academy. Blog Marketing Academy is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs build their platform to deliver their solutions to people who need them and use the power of content marketing, blogging, videos, email marketing, etc. to spread the word. The Academy is a destination for small business owners, online marketers, bloggers, and more. I'm excited to have David on Success Harbor today. Welcome. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here, uh, David. On your About page, you write that I am no guru but you decided to make a living in a non-traditional way. So that's one of your, um, uh, I guess, uh, theses for, for, you know, for, for your blog. And what I'd like to find out is, you know, being not a guru, what, what is your background? I mean, you've been, you've been an entrepreneur for over 15 years, which is a huge accomplishment. Um, can you give us an idea of some of the businesses that you have started over the years or some of the businesses that you still have? Yeah, I mean, the... the I don't have a ton of them. I essentially have had two online businesses. Uh, the, the reason I got started in this was uh, as a technology blogger, and that's why uh, you, I've been in this for 15 years now. Actually, it's, it's over 16 now. Uh, it was a technology blog, just talking about really geeky stuff with computers and how to build computers and things like that. And I ended up turning that into a full-time business, uh, just publishing that kind of information and, and eventually getting to sell some uh, information-style products on that site. And then in 2008, uh, because I wanted to branch out a little bit and talk about something other than just geek stuff, that's when I got into talking about online marketing and stuff because it was obviously a passion of mine, and I'd been doing it for a while. And I thought I had something to offer to the space, so I went ahead and started uh, what eventually turned into Blog Marketing Academy. It didn't start out that way. It started out as a, as a weird domain called webbyonline.com, uh, eventually turned into my name, davidrisley.com, and now it's Blog Marketing Academy. So when you when you started uh, blogging, yeah, that was before even most people knew what what a blog was. So how did you how did you how did you start on it? How did you even get the idea? Yeah, well, it it wasn't really a blog in the sense that we think of it now, but essentially it was the same thing. I was publishing articles to the internet and. Um, you know, and it was a very manual process at the time. I mean, WordPress wasn't even in anybody's imagination yet. So this was like, you know, making raw HTML pages and hand coding it in the whole nine yards. Um, and it was a step up when I actually got into the world of like Microsoft front page and stuff that doesn't even, I don't think it exists anymore. Uh, yeah, probably yeah, not. Yeah, and, 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 <laughs> and, you know, that was a step up to me. But that's how I was doing it. But how I came across the idea was just in that particular space of computers and things like that, it was something that I was personally interested in. And I wanted somebody who wasn't talking to me like I was some kind of an uber nerd. Uh, because at the time, the internet was pretty much populated by the early adopter type of people. And they were real, real geeky. So I felt like there wasn't anybody talking in plain English. So I... You know, I, it wasn't like I read an article that said, hey, you know, publishing tutorials for the Internet might be a good idea. I just decided to do it because it was something that I was interested in. And, and I like, you know, I, I did not start that site thinking that it was ever going to turn into a moneymaker. I was just doing it for fun at the time. 
Yeah, that was my that was my next question. Is was it a hobby or was it a business when you started? Yeah, it was totally a hobby. I mean, I started it out on the. Uh, the most ISPs back then, the old dial-up providers, they'd give you a few megabytes of free web hosting space, and that was literally where I started it. It was just, you know, the free hosting space, and yeah, it was totally a hobby, and it probably remained that way. I don't remember the exact timeline, but it was probably a good year or two. It kind of just remained that way before money ever really entered the picture. You know, it's so funny because I, I interviewed some really successful bloggers and some of them were sold for millions of dollars. And, you know, the hobby part is, is a recurring theme. You know, I mean, there is a, a lot of people that I think maybe think about blogging as, you know, no matter what, you're just going to write about something. But but really, uh, I think uh, a lot of a lot of the success depends on are you are you do you enjoy what you do do you really enjoy writing about the topic that you choose yeah you've you've either got to come into it naturally with a passion or you got to develop it i mean it's kind of the way it goes uh, i i have told people before that the pa- your passion in it is not the most important thing if you have a business intention because ultimately when it comes to the business intention, it comes down to serving a need or a want of a target market. You have to fulfill something that they want. And that's actually more important when it comes to the money. I kind of fell into that part of it. Um, With the blog marketing Academy, I didn't, I was a lot more intentional about it. But with the tech side, I kind of fell into the fact that other people wanted that as well. Uh, But it really helps that I actually cared so when you started out, or let let even not not exactly when you started, but let's say like the first year or so, did you even look at things like did you even look at metrics? Did you look at traffic or because even though it wasn't really a business, but did you need any kind of feedback that yeah there are people out there that are looking at this? There's traffic uh, to at least give you some kind of a validation that it, it makes sense for you to go on. Yeah, but I mean, the, the metrics that we have now, they weren't really even available at the time. So, the, the, you know, back in these really early days, what I had was those that old web counter that sat on the page. And, um, you know, we, we don't really see those things anymore, but, you know, it would sit there and just count. It would display publicly. So that was really my only metric in the very early days was to I'd periodically go check my site and see how much that counter had increased. Um, and I And I have a a uh, fairly vivid recollection of sitting it was i think it was at my mom's desk or something and borrowing her computer and i went and checked out uh the site and it had hit gone over a thousand i was like wow i just had a thousand people check out my site and i thought that you know that's definitely was validation i mean the numbers were not as huge as they are now but the internet was a very young place yeah, uh, you, you mentioned on your site that blogs don't make money; <clears throat> businesses do. Right. So, so what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is that a, a blog, in essence, is just a collection of articles, and we've all gone to people's blogs, you know, on Blogspot or whatever, and it's just them journaling or something, and it's it's not by nature a money maker. It's just a bunch of text on the screen. So the thing and the thing is if you want somebody to take out their wallet and and digitally swipe that credit card for you, they're going to be buying something that's actually going to be valuable to them. They're not going to pay for your blog post. So that's that's kind of what I mean there. If you want to get money, you've got to offer something 
of value to people who need it. And of course, there, I mean, there is the banner advertising thing, but that's not as lucrative as it used to be. You have to have a ton of traffic to make decent money with that. And, and my argument's always been, if you have that kind of traffic to make decent money with banner ads, I mean, think about what you could do if you had a much more direct revenue source than sending them off to third-party sites like that. Yeah, because I mean, if if you want to make ad revenue, you you need like fifty thousand or or more visitors a month, uh, from or maybe even a hundred thousand to make any kind of decent money. But if you have that kind of traffic and you have your own products and services, then you can take your revenue to a whole different level, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you you know, and and this, I mean, it goes right to a, a relevant topic that I was just talking about with regard to the the Blogspot blogs and these personal blogs. You know, the, the, they they if, when you just are all over the place with your content, then you're not going to be attracting any particular type of person to your site. But if your content is fairly focused on a particular thing and you're attracting people to your site who have that commonality of certain things you're trying to accomplish, then it's perfect. To, to have some kind of a product to back it up and that they could potentially buy. And I think it's going to be a lot more of a secure revenue stream than, like I said, sending them off to AdSense or something. So you also talk about monetization, is monetization being dead, and you know, <laughs> and, and that it, it, it's really about building a real business. So when you talk about monetization being dead, do you mean by having your own products and services, or is it, is it some what – what exactly do you mean by that? So it's not that the concept is dead. It's just that there's a mindset that goes behind that word monetization, and it's, and it's been fostered by many other people who blog about this type of thing. Um, and, it, and it's that, that monetization is something where you go out, you create a bunch of content, and then on the, kind of around the side, you do these little things with affiliate links or banners, and magically money is supposed to pop out. And, and that's just not, the, it's not realistic. Uh, you, you, you might scrape the bottom of the barrel for a few nickels from AdSense, but for most people, it, it's beating a dead horse to do that. So um, that is why I say monetization is dead. It's not that the um, you know, making money from a blog doesn't work or anything like that. It's just that we need to be thinking more in terms of actual businesses and any business that we ever think of whether it's online or offline the the commonality between all of them is that they sell some type of a product or some type of a service and so just because we've gone to the internet doesn't change that basic 101 level rule so so what should people focus on starting out or even if they're not starting out um uh, in terms of marketing and promoting their blogs, in your opinion, what, what are the most important things that people need to do to, you know, to, to get the word out? Well, it actually starts slightly before that, and that is the very nature of the blog you've created. Um, you know, and I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but if you're just blogging haphazardly and randomly uh, or uh, or on a very vague topic, uh, you're going to have a hard time growing that blog no matter what strategy or tactic you throw behind it because people aren't going to find it interesting or valuable. So it actually goes, you know, there's that step zero, I guess you should say, where you really need to iron down exactly what market you intend to serve, how you're going to serve them, and, your, you know, what your, who your avatar is, what your USP is going to be in terms of how am I going to be unique in some way, um, and, and iron a lot of that out. Uh, and then you get some of that content into the system, which is designed to attract specifically that type of person. 
give them some value, and then give them a the next move, which is going to be your call to action. And you want you want to get them onto your list. That's that's really the big thing um, at the outset is to get them onto an email list of some kind. So that's all framework level stuff that should be in place before you're really worried about your outbound marketing and trying to get more traffic in. Uh, and I I find that I think a lot of people fall flat with their traffic generation just because the site itself doesn't. I mean, why would somebody come there and do anything? So, you know, uh, they talk about when you read about, for example, lean startups and, you know, the lean method Mm -hmm. is, you know, you shouldn't really build anything until you deal with customers and really find out what customers want and work, you know, work with customers as you develop the product. Now, would you apply that same uh, methodology to blogs? So even before you start writing, you really identify, you know, who is your market and then actually reach out to those people and find out what are what are some of their concerns are, or what, are what keeps them up at night and things like that, and yeah. to see if you can turn turn that into a blog or a niche. I think it's a good idea. I mean, there's there's in fact I've got a course on this in the academy but there's the the uh indirect uh intelligence that I call it on on niche research which is all the stuff that we typically do like keyword research and you know checking out forums and you know kind of getting a lay of the land and you can learn a fair amount of stuff about an audience just by checking out these sites that already exist and social media groups and things like that. And then the direct intelligence, that's where you actually go to people and you straight up ask them questions. So that's kind of what you're getting to with the, the validation part of Lean Canvas um, is, uh, is, is actually talking with people. And, I, and, I, and it's just going to increase your security of it being a decent idea before you actually dive in too much. Um, and there, I mean, there's other things you could do if you wanted to, just off the top of my head, you could create a landing page for something in your space and, you know, maybe run some paid Facebook traffic to it or something and see what the bite rate is. And, uh, if, uh, if, and if they're reacting, maybe you got a decent idea on your hands. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it just, uh, the short story would be if you, the more you talk to people and the more intelligence you know about the market you're looking to serve before you start, the less likely you are to waste your time. Because I think what what a lot of people are struggling with is, well, I need to find a niche because I want to be unique and I don't want to be, you know, vanilla or I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. But then how do I really find that niche uh, without having an audience? So it's kind of like a a circular catch-22 type of thing. Like, you know, I don't really have anybody to ask. I don't have a following. I don't have a readership, but I need to come up with, uh, you know, the right niche for my blog. Yeah, except that all those people that you want do exist out there now. It's just, and they're, they're out there on social media. They're out there on forums. They're out there in the comment sections of other sites. So it's not like you can't get to them. You, you don't need them to be on your home base. Uh, you know, it'd be like uh, like being out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and you just want, you want to make your own island, but you're not willing to build any bridges to a mainland. It's it's not going to work out. Uh, you've got to go to where the people are, and you and they're there. It's not like just because they're not on your site already that all of a sudden they're not valid. So that, yeah, yeah, I mean that that makes perfect sense. So. Let's say you you selected a niche and uh, you you know you have done some research. You reached out to some people on Facebook or forums, wherever uh, you know you reached out to, and now you know you're ready to develop some content and and you know you, you're working on on uh, on on creating content. W- what about the content that needs to be 
really, really outstanding because everybody's talking about you know great content and you have to develop excellent content. <laughs> yeah. What what makes what makes great content? Because I think everybody talks about it, but you only see it rarely, right? Yeah, and the bar keeps being raised. So it uh, it is one of those uh, finish lines that's not very concrete, and it keeps moving around. So and and I know that that can get really frustrating for people, but it's kind of the nature of the internet these days. I mean, there's a lot of people out there, and you're going to always have those people who are creating content that you think is a lot better than yours. Uh, but I I just don't let it discourage you. Um, you know, when it comes to what is good content, I mean, I just a few general guidelines. I think it needs to hit a hot button of the people that you want to serve and, and that, you know, something you were mentioned earlier, what keeps them up at night and stuff like that, like really hit those things, those pain points that they like, I don't know how to solve this. Hit, hit that hard with your headline, bring them in. And then as far as I think the big thing with the content is that the packaging of the content, this is what I call it, the packaging, which is the outward appearance of the content, needs to, they need to feel like they just hit the mother load when they get there. Um, because that. So give, give me an example. What do you mean by that? These days, you're not going to have a uh, just like a thousand word blog post and it's going to necessarily knock it out of the park. Uh, it, it, if they read it and they consume it and you just gave them a really good win and they can see that they just accomplished something, then they may actually share it. But before they actually read it, like all of us, we will make a judgment call when we get to a piece of content typically to determine whether we're actually going to read the thing or not. We don't just read it by default. And so the first level of looking at that content is what I call the packaging, which is we're going to scan it and we're going to see if th does this thing look like it's worth my time. And so the things that you can do on that are, are, are your subheadlines, bullet point, things like that. But you can also go over and above by hitting multiple mediums with um, embedding videos into it. You see a lot of people doing infographics and diagrams and things like that. And that's the kind of stuff that when people see a lot of that, they're going to be like, wow, I, this person, there's a lot of work that's been put into this. There's a lot of content here. You know, it's the kind of stuff where, you know, we don't, I, at least me, I don't bookmark things so much, but it would be one of those things where, like, I really want to remember this as a resource because it looks so darn valuable. And that's what you want people to think. Yeah, I mean, you see some blog posts that are four, five, six thousand words long, mm -hmm. and you can tell whoever did that put, you know, 40, 20, 30, 40, 50 hours into that post. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, is, uh, you put so much work into it, it's almost like a short book. Yeah, I mean, and there's not a uh, like a definitive word length that one needs to shoot for, but generally the the longer stuff, longer form content is going to perform better. Google happens to love it, um, and and people also realize that there's a lot of value there. But it's, but the thing is, the big thing with those long posts is not to uh, just have it be a big block of text. I mean, you want to break that flow up with images and bullet points and subheadlines and diagrams because it's it's just hard to confront a big. 5,000 word column, you know, of text. So we talked about uh, selecting a niche and then developing content. And then the third, which I think is super important, is promotion. Uh, you know, I, you, you hear a lot of people, you know, they, they write and they, they write and write and write and write, and then they don't do a lot of promotion. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for people to promote their, their blog blogs, and, and what do you think works really well now in 2014? 
Okay, well, the first thing that comes to mind for me is uh, is a matter of priority that I want to I want to mention because um, I do I see exactly what you say and that uh, and that is that people will write and they'll write and they'll write and they'll write uh, and I think people need to flip that around and write a little less and spend more time on the promotion. I think some people they think that just by writing those blog posts that they're doing their job and they're not because those things sit out there in empty space until you bring people in. Now, what I think is working the best in 2014, quite frankly, cost a little bit of money, and that's paid traffic. Um, I think it's, and this is something that I am doing now, but I am not an expert in. I'm I'm perfecting it as I go. So I, I can't sit here and talk like I am a Facebook advertising guru or anything like that. But I think that, um, we're increasingly in a pay-to-play kind of environment now when it comes to bringing in targeted traffic. It can definitely be done organically, but I think the best shortcut out there is being willing to, you know, do a boosted post on Facebook or run a an actual Facebook ad or a, a, a promoted tweet and stuff like that um, to your best stuff. And bring people in and just make sure that you've got a funnel in place where that content actually serves a marketing purpose, gets them onto the list, what have you. And then you're, you're, just, you're just paying to put people into that funnel and turn them into a valid lead. So one is paid traffic. So you mentioned Facebook and uh, Twitter. Anything that's uh, non-paid that, that you find that is still working? Well, I mean, there's this. There's always the whole classic thing, and I think Pat Flynn says it like be everywhere, and and it's definitely true. That idea of having I used to call them blog outposts is still a workable strategy. So what I mean by that is having your podcast out there, having your uh, videos, and, and distributing them not only just on YouTube but on other video sites as well, and and have these things all cross promoting each other. Uh, people do like multiple mediums. Podcasting, I've been hearing a lot of great things about the growth of podcasting in the last year or so. So now it, it is free, but it's the sweat equity variety. I mean, I think that we, if if you're really serious about doing content marketing, then you you need to try to hit all those mediums, but it's definitely a lot of work. Uh, no way around that. Um, and But that's probably the best thing is just really be out there and get your content in as many places as possible. So uh, you have been an entrepreneur uh, blogging for over six, 16 years, and you know you, you have been obviously succeeding uh, with, with, what, with what you're doing. So what, what is the reason for, for succeeding? Uh, I mean, the Internet has changed so much since, you know, in the last 16 – I mean, it changes every couple of years oh, dramatically. So you, you've seen kind of the evolution as an entrepreneur – um, what has helped you over the years um, to succeed and to 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 stay an entrepreneur? Uh, being stubborn <laughs> would probably be the first answer. I mean, I for me, it's and I think I even said this on my own about page on the site, but I uh, I just did not want to do the nine to five cubicle style thing. And the degree that I got in college would have probably inevitably led me to that way if I had decided to do it. And so just the mere fact that I pretty much refuse to do that um, does that. I mean, it keeps me in the chair. And um, the other thing is just, you know, when you obviously have, I mean, I've got two kids and stuff like that. I and mean, when you got bills to pay, that serves as a heck of a motivation as well. So, I mean, that's really the big thing. I just never accepted an alternative. It's not, it's to me, the idea of going into a regular job uh, just isn't even a option. 
So let's talk about some common mistakes that you see bloggers make. They could be either people that are just starting out blogging or people that have been doing it for a while but haven't really been succeeding. Well, I mean, I, there's a there's a few that come to mind. The, for the first one I see a lot uh, is is not building your email list um, pretty much from day one. Um, you know, I, I hammer the email list all the time with my audience and in my content because it's it's super important. Um, and it, it, even if you think that you're never going to sell anything to your email subscribers, you still need to build an email list because it's it's your point of leverage. That's how you're going to grow your blog. Otherwise, they come, they look, they may share it, but you're literally waiting for them to magically remember you to come back. Uh, RSS feeds, you know, most most people don't use RSS feeds or even know what they are. So, but everybody knows what email is. So, even if you just never intend to make a single dime from your site, you need to be building that list from number one. And, you know, and I see people, they try to cheap out on it, and they're like, I, I refuse to spend a few dollars on my email list hosting. And, like, they, they, and they shoot themselves in the foot trying to do every single thing for free. That would probably be another mistake that I see bloggers make is they try to never, ever spend anything. Um, and usually they're shooting themselves in the foot. They just don't know it yet. Um, Another one, and I think I mentioned this earlier, was the idea of, of your content being all over the place, um, not having it. I see a lot of people getting onto what I call the the rat wheel, the content rat wheel, where it's like, well, I didn't post my blog post today, so let me just get something up there, kind of a deal, and it just leads to low quality crap, um, and the blog is never going to go anywhere. So you literally just created a really un cheap, unpaying job for yourself when you treat your site like that. Um, and then the other one that comes to mind off the top of my head is that I see a lot of people who get into an endless loop of tweaking their site uh, and messing around with plugins and things like that, thinking that, that somehow there's some magic combination of that which is going to magically grow your site. And the truth is none of it matters. Uh, I mean, you don't want your site to be a total eyesore, but in terms of new people coming into the site, it doesn't matter. So don't spend a lot of time on that stuff because it's not going to grow your site. What's going to grow your site is creating really, really cool content like we were just speaking about and then spending a lot more time on doing outbound marketing. Sounds good. So let's talk about uh, Blog Marketing Academy. How did you get the idea for for it and, and, and when did you start exactly? So I started... Well, what basically turned into the Blog Marketing Academy, I started in 2008, um, and, uh, and it essentially it, was, it started out as DavidRisley.com, and that's how I got known in this space. And I came out of the gate fairly soon after I started blogging about it with my first product, and I did a full-on product launch uh, with it, and it did pretty well. Uh, the reason I was able to do it so quickly was because, I, A, I knew what I was doing because I actually was blogging for quite some time before I ever started talking about blogging on the Internet. Um, and the other thing was that I had gone to conferences and net, networked with people like uh, Darren Rowles at ProBlogger and, and others, and so the, to the point where um, I had a few of those relationships in place, and I was able to get some assistance on the launch. So that that really helped springboard uh, my own entry, I guess you could say, into this market. And then I think it was a – I forgot the exact timeline, but maybe a couple years ago that I decided to rename everything to the Blog Marketing Academy, essentially just because I didn't want to pigeonhole my own name into – 
only being about blogging because, you know, it's not like I live, eat, and breathe this stuff 24-7. So how much traffic uh, traffic your site had uh, when you started monetizing it? Do you remember that? Uh, I, I don't remember the exact number on that, no, but I, I can tell you that I started... Like approximately, I mean, just give us an idea. Maybe a few hundred? I mean, it was. I, I mean, we're talking early days. You understand my my traffic springboard after, like, during the product launch. So I, I came out of the gate with that product fairly quickly. I did have an audience there, um, and, I, and I had done some guest posting and stuff like that. But really, what made my traffic grow quickly was that product launch because I had affiliates out there talking about this product, and that helped quite a bit. Um, I don't remember the exact traffic numbers, though, but I mean, I, I started monetizing in, in that space pretty early on because that was actually my original intention. And how did you determine the way you want to monetize Blog Marketing Academy? Did you test different things or did you just did you know exactly, uh, you know, that you're going to be selling courses or, or, or however you wanted to monetize it? Yeah, I, I mean, pretty much doing online training in this space was my, that was what I was originally doing in this space. And in fact, even with my original tech site, that's kind of what I was doing. So uh, it, it was always just, that was what I knew I was going to be doing is teaching. Um, and uh, it, now I've, I've structured things around a little bit. The, the original product I launched is no longer even on the market. It's now a bonus for the uh, for the actual uh, membership at the Blog Marketing Academy. So I've restructured things a little bit, but in terms of, you know, me evolving into uh, training as my thing, I kind of pretty much always knew that's what I was going to be doing. Let's talk about, you already mentioned uh, networking a little bit, going to events. Mm -hmm. um, what advice do you have for people on building the right networks? Uh, how how do you do it? Uh, what do you, what do you think is the most effective way of of uh, building a network? Well, going to conferences is a great way to do it, uh, but you can also do it digitally. Uh, the big thing is that, especially if you're going after people with significantly larger presences on the internet than you, you never want to come at them needy. Needy, like like obviously you're just trying to get them to link to you or something. So it needs to be more one of those things where you're actually adding value to their community and they, and they see you, you know, on a fairly routine basis, uh, maybe just posting uh, in their comments sections or something like that, sharing their stuff. And, you know, when you get in touch with them via email or what have you, it's not, here's what I would like for you to do for me. It's like actually the exact opposite of that. It's more like you can help them out. Uh, so how do you add value? Given as an example, uh, is it something that you you would write about them on your blog, or or what are the examples that that uh, that you could bring up on that? Sure, people love that. Everybody's everybody's got a little bit of vanity in them. So um, you know you you've probably seen this many many times where people will do a. Uh, a big long interview post where they'll have some quote or something from like 50 entrepreneurs. And you better believe that behind the scenes, they've not only interacted with all 50 of those people, but when the post is live, they go and email all 50 again, say, yes, uh, this post is live. I really thank you. If you'd like to share it, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, so people love to be featured. Everybody's interested in getting more traffic and getting more, uh, you know, backlinks and things like that. So, you know, it's, you see that a lot. That's exactly what they're doing. Or, or if you run a podcast, um, have have them on and have them you know interview them. That's another good way to build a relationship because you're generally going to be talking to the person uh, before and after the recording. So it's great networking. 
So uh, you mentioned in one of your blog posts that you have made every screw up in the book. What were those? <laughs> what what were those those screw ups? Oh, I I still screw things up, man. I mean, it's uh, like I was mentioning earlier. One of the big mistakes is not building a list. Uh, I mean, I'm guilty of that. I with Blog Market Academy, I've always been doing it because I knew by then. But with my original tech site, I probably went for a good three or four or five years without ever thinking email was like important. And so I, I was leaving a lot on the table there in retrospect. But even other things, I mean, even I mean, down to small things like uh, like I know that I've had good luck with webinars in the past, but I, I can't I haven't done a a big webinar in several months now. So it's one, sometimes I just, you know, I, I get bogged down in various things that I'm working on. And sometimes I forget to do what I, what has been successful in the past. So it's just one of those things, I, no matter who you're talking to, they, they could, they're, they're, you know, they're, we're going to be hard on ourselves more than anybody else. And we're like, yeah, I really screwed up doing that. Or I stopped doing that. And I really shouldn't have things like that. So you've been an entrepreneur for about 16 years or, or more actually. And what, what do you see today? If you started new today, where do you see opportunities? Or let's say you wanted to start in, in something new, a different website or a different niche. Where do you see opportunities online today? Well, I mean, in terms of markets, I actually don't even really have an answer for you. But in terms of, like, are you talking about actually the mechanics of starting up the new site? Well, you know, let's say if you were if you were if you're searching for something, if if you wanted to to find an idea. I mean, there are so many people that are thinking about starting a business, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they're thinking like, you know, not. I'm not asking like, what's the next greatest thing. As in sliced bread or some kind of a secret, <laughs> right. but you know what would be your process that you would go through personally to to kind of see that yeah I have this idea and I want to I want to validate it to see if it, if it's if it's worth pursuing. Yeah, so I would I would we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but I, I would start out first with my own personal interest in it, and then I would look for the intersections between that and what other people want. And when it comes to determining what other people want, it would come down to many of the things I mentioned earlier, which is keyword research, getting out there and doing that indirect intelligence with regard to getting into, like finding, connecting with people via the the interest groups out there on social media or LinkedIn or what have you, asking them some questions in private um, and just learning as much as I can about the space to see if if there would be any use for that. And then I would, do a real world validation. In my case, if I were to start over, I would probably create a lead magnet of some variety, put up a squeeze page for it and run a little bit of paid traffic to it and see who bites. Um, and if, if I get, you know, a decent response to that, then that tells me that people might want more of that. What are your goals with Blog Marketing Academy? Uh, you know, I'm not asking, you know, five or ten years from now, but let's say in the next 12 to 24 months. Uh, are you planning anything, or, or where do you see Blog Marketing Academy go? I'm not, I'm not foreseeing any major sea shifts in what I'm doing. Um, it's, I, I basically just want to, to continue a growth trend on it. Um, I can't tell you a lot of what I'm working on behind the scenes right now. And I, and I think this comes from the fact that I have been doing this for so long is that sometimes it, you need to, you need to regroup a little bit. And that's kind of what I'm doing uh, internally right now <clears throat> is going back. Like, for example, I've got 
I don't know, 12 or 1300 blog posts in the archives of the Academy. Um, and there are a lot of holes back there and areas in the old content that could be tweaked or updated or uh, put in a much more targeted lead magnet and put more people onto my list. Uh, the autoresponder sequence isn't super targeted like I want it to be. Uh, so there's lots of things in the existing system that I've got and that I've built that could be just optimized a hell of a lot better than it is right now. And all that's just going to lead to uh, more sales and things like that. The other thing that I'm, I'm working on in terms of the training is actually orienting all of my various courses around one central um, progression that somebody can see because I get a lot of people coming in and they're, they're newbies and the idea of a, from a newbie to looking at somebody who's got a really successful online business, there's a very big gulf between the two and it's overwhelming to many, many people. Uh, there's a lot of information out there, whether it be on the Academy or whether it be anywhere else. And it's just really hard to know what to do next, where you should be spending your time, things like that. So one of the things that I've done, I actually created a graphic about the uh, seven stages of online business that's available on the site is uh, trying to have a global view where people can actually know where they are in a progression, measure their progress along the way, and then my courses will be aligned around that. Um, and so that, that's a little bit of what I'm working on, like behind the scenes with the Academy. Sounds good. So if somebody wants to find out more about uh, Blog Marketing Academy, where should they go to, uh, to either say hi to you or, or just uh, follow what you do or, or see what you, you, uh, what you have uh, to offer? Best place would be just go straight over to blogmarketingacademy.com. Uh, you'll see a big old start button right there on the homepage. You can get a little bit of orientation in, into the seven stages of online business that I just talked about. And once you're in the site, you'll see a big getting started button up at the top. And uh, that will orient you a little bit more to what I'm doing here at the Academy and kind of guide you through uh, getting started with things. Sounds good. So everybody out there, check out blogmarketingacademy.com. And David, I really appreciate you coming on Success Harbor today to uh, to share your wisdom about blogging and marketing your your blog and and everything that you uh, you helped us learn. I, I appreciate it. And maybe you can come back, you know, a year from now and see where Blog Marketing Academy is. Not a problem. I'd be happy to come back. Thank you very much, and thank you everybody for listening. Bye.